Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt, and thank goodness there's take twos and deletes because sometimes it just doesn't work out that well. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I could have told you, or I could have not told you that I didn't have the mic on when we first started the first take and just let you talk the whole just, time. Oh, the whole thing, and it'll be talking into the air. There you go. Oh, boy. You know, speaking of talking into the air, can we just say one thing here? If, if people really put their ear up to the, the speaker of their car or whatever you're listening to, there's a lot of times when I'm speaking that there'll be this like speaking to the air. It's this whisper. Have you ever heard this? No. No? You know why? It's because you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to work on your communication skills. You're yeah. good at the talking side, but it's the listening stuff that you have trouble with. Yeah, rotten kid. Because when I'm, when I'm talking, you're like, look, even right now, look at me, make eye contact. Yeah. I took down the big plastic things, right? COVID's over. Yeah. Not that we ever had it for that. <laughs> Were we ever worried about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but I'll be talking, and look, even right now, you're still, you're looking in the Bible. Hey, I'm over here. Yeah. All right, this is not how I... We, we're starting off on the wrong foot. Should we start over again? Yeah. No, we're going to just keep going. Uh, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. We are here to tell a story, and that story takes place in a two-act play. What happens yeah. in the first act? Well, in the first act, the Jewish people bought tickets to a two-act play, and they went to the first act, sat through, watched the first act, and at intermission... They got up, went out to the lobby, got a drink, and went home. Yeah, and I, I would even say that they loved the first act, yeah. which is interesting that they would even leave yeah. the first act. Yeah, why would they leave? I don't know. It's a good question. Well, now we have all the Christians in the world. Guess what? They bought tickets to that same two-act play, but they got there late. It always happens that way. Yeah. Whose fault was it, you think? Uh, we're not going to say no, that. No. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> but they got there late. Uh, they probably stood in line with the Jews at at the the line for getting their drink there and probably said, hey, shalom. And then you have all of the Gentiles, the Christians, they went in, they saw the second act, but they missed the first part of the story. And what we try to do here is connect them. Yeah. Put wanna... both sides of the story together so we get a whole story for both sides. Yeah. And the more we jump into this, and we knew a lot of this going into it, but the more we jump in, the even more perplexing and amazing that story is. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do that. Um, before we jump into what we have for today, can I tell a joke? Oh. I feel like it's been a while. Hey, we, we need a I've little been, laugh every now and I've then. I've been itching. So yeah. I got a good Isn't one here for going you. Back to the cat skills. Back to the cat skills. Okay, here we go. All right, so here we go. You have a rabbi, a priest, and a Baptist minister. Uh, I mean, doesn't that? that it's already a good joke. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good <laughs> joke. Okay, rabbi, priest, and a Baptist minister, they're all talking about who is the best at what they do. A little competition, right? Uh, is it the priest? Is it the minister? Or is it the rabbi? So they decide to separately go into the woods, and the goal is to convert a bear. Oh my you know, gosh. big old black yeah. bear, grizzly yeah. bear, or something like that. And whoever is best at converting the bear is the one who is the best at what they do. All right? So okay. a week later, they meet up and they ask the priest. They say, how did it go? And he says, it was fantastic. I read to him from the Bible, and Sunday morning, he was in the front row of the church. <laughs> then they said to the minister, well, how did it go for you? 
The minister says, fantastic. I found the bear in the woods. I gave him one of my sermons. I took him down to the lake and I baptized him. And Sunday morning, he was in the front row of my church. Oh, boy. Not bad. (laughs) Well, then they look at the rabbi. Uh. He's in a body cast from head to toe. So they said, what happened to you? He goes, well... I shouldn't have started with the circumcision. Bris, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's probably not. I I remember looking at the boys, you know, eight days in, and just saying, "I'm sorry, guys. This is yeah, not not the greatest moment in the world to be Jewish." Yeah. So, well, let's do this. as much as we would love to tell jokes all day long, um, we are starting a new thing. Uh, it's a new, not, 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 it's a new series. And what we want to do, Pentecost is coming up. Yeah, we're leading up to Pentecost or Shavuot. Or the Feast of Weeks. Feast of Weeks. And what it does is after you have Passover, you count 50 days. Penta is, pent is pent. five, right? 50. Um, and so you count 50 days. In the, in the Jewish world, they're doing something called the counting of the Omer. We're going from one harvest to the next harvest. I think it's the barley harvest to yeah. the wheat harvest, right? Yeah. And so that's what's going on. And everything's leading up to this idea of Pentecost. And what we want to do over the next few episodes is really make sure that we have a good understanding of everything that happened there, especially in the first part of the book of Acts, is a very Jewish story. Yeah. And this is, this is really interesting because we want to lead up to this celebration of Pentecost or Shavuot. And uh, we want, as we do that, we want to look at the Jewish roots of the early church. And we want to look at the Jewish mindset that exists during the ministry of Jesus. So we're not going to jump right into Pentecost right away, but we want to give a little context to it. And we want to look at the mindset of the disciples, the Jewish people. And, you know, really the disciples did not have a different mindset than the rest of the Jewish people. The Old Testament, right, is what we're saying. Because we were talking about, do we want to do this and talk through what was the Jewish mindset in the Old Testament? And then we can talk about what was the Jewish mindset of the disciples of Jesus as they're going through with the ministry. And you reminded me so graciously, by the way, thank you for that, (laughs) was that the disciples were really part of the Old Testament still. Yeah. I mean, even though we find them in the Gospels, uh, they are living life prior to the cross, and uh, they are just steeped in their Jewish understanding. In, in fact, they have a very Jewish eschatology, which in, in some ways is not a lot different than our eschatology today in terms of their expectation of the Messiah and messianic uh, thoughts and intents. But uh, what we want to talk about is the Jewish mindset during that time of the earthly ministry of Yeshua, of Jesus. So it's like pre-crucifixion. This is the expectation that the Messiah would come. And in many ways they get it. And in many ways they have no clue whatsoever. Yeah, they don't. And, And they walk with him. I mean, you know, when you think about it, they spend three and a half years with him, eating with him. They sleep and wake up in the morning together and they go on ministry with him. They hear his teaching. They see his miracles, uh, everything that he did. And, you know, they still don't get it 
completely, but we want to talk about, you know, some of these things. So we have an understanding as we're moving into Pentecost, what was taking place in the life of the Jewish people, the life of Israel during that time in the first century. So let's so. do it. We're going to jump into the gospel of the book of Matthew. And, you know, there's, uh, there, there are some great examples uh, here. And, you know, there are examples all through the gospels. I mean, we, we could spend a year going through this, but uh, just to uh, briefly touch on some of these things, you know, I, I find it interesting that Yeshua, Jesus, tells his disciples a number of times about his death and resurrection, and it just goes right over their head. Uh, they don't really have an understanding of it. Uh, for okay. example... Can I do it? Yeah. Matthew sixteen twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. He was telling them that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he, he's telling him and Peter takes him aside and starts to rebuke him. Right. You can't say that. You're, you're the Messiah, right? It's messianic expectation. Yeah. So so they, they have a sense that they have the Messiah with them in their midst, uh, yet they don't understand what is going to take place, what what God has in store for Yeshua and for the disciples and for all of us who will come after. And, uh, you know, it, it occurs again in Matthew 17 in the next chapter. And in verse 22, uh, says, as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and he will be raised on the third day. And, you know, the comment after that was that they were greatly distressed. So this is amazing. Uh, he is telling them right up front. I mean, it is really clear as to what is going to happen, and they just don't get it. And it's interesting for us to talk about it now, after we just went through that huge series on the Passion Week, right? Like, the fact that they're sitting in the upper room with Yeshua, and they're going through this Passover Seder, and, and they still don't get it really until afterwards is just completely mind boggling to me. When you worry about your faith, you know, you think about these guys who heard every sermon he ever preached in the original and they're having a hard time catching on to this, but he, he goes through it again uh, one more time in uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 17, and says, as and as Yeshua was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Wow. Yeah, they, they should have seen it coming. Yeah, I mean, w what an, an amazing disclosure this is of what his purpose was and his coming. And, it, you know, if they would have only read through Isaiah 53 <laughs> and some other of the Old Testament scriptures, you know, it might have been more clear. Yet he tells them up front exactly what's going to happen and they are just not getting it. They don't, they don't want to hear it because when, when he says that they're going up to Jerusalem, what is 
interesting is their perception of going up to Jerusalem is the Messiah is going to go up. He's going to throw off the enemies of Israel. He's going to ascend the throne of his father, David, and he's going to set up the millennial kingdom. That's what they're waiting for. It doesn't really jive with this. The he'll be mocked and he'll be flogged and he'll be crucified. That doesn't fit their Jewish mindset before the crucifixion of all of these things that would, were going to happen. Yeah, you, know, you get a little bit of a taste of what you know the mindset is here of just common Jewish uh, disciples. Uh, these guys are from Galilee, you know, all except for Judas. Uh, they're they're from up there. These are country boys from the sticks. And, you know, you get it, you get an idea of what they're thinking and what their expectation is. And they don't understand everything, uh, you know, even if they understand uh, anything, but uh, they, they know from what they've seen, they believe that they have the Messiah in their midst. And it's interesting at one point in Matthew chapter 10, he sends them out in, in Matt, Matthew 10 verse five. Yeah. He, he says, he sends them out and instructing them, says, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. Well, why is that? But rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know, he, he is spelling out for the disciples what they are to do, what his mission is. Obviously, the Messiah is coming. He's coming to Israel. He is fulfilling a covenant that God made. And he is sending them out, and he is saying, don't go anywhere except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know, it, the same kind of an idea occurs again. Wait, do, do you think, though, that, like, was that even on their radar? Like, hey, we're going to go get the Gentiles. We're going to go talk to them. I mean, really, like, you have the narratives yeah. where they're going back and forth from one side of the Galilee to the other. Like, yeah. is it even on their radar? Hey, let's go tell the Gentiles about this. I yeah. mean, even though Israel is supposed to be a light to the nations, right? That is right. their calling. Right. I don't that's... think there's anybody around there during that first century that's thinking, like, hey, this is a great message. The yeah. Messiah is coming. Let's make sure that we get out there and let's go share this message. Yeah, and and they don't have that. And, and you know, uh, even a, another great uh, illustration of that is in Matthew chapter 15. And in that chapter... Uh, in verse 21, uh, it says that Yeshua went out, departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region. This is a Gentile woman, and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he doesn't answer her a word, it says. And his disciples came, and they say to him, They, they beg. They th beg him. They begged him? Yeah. 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 It says, mine says they urged him. Urged, yeah. <laughs> saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. You know, and she's, she's really annoying. Just send her away. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I mean, this is, this is really amazing. You know, just like he told his disciples when he sent them out. And now he tells this uh, woman from Canaan, you know, the same thing. And then she comes and she worships him saying, Lord, help me. But he heard and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Oh my gosh. Can oh you, man. Can you and, imagine? Yeah. And so she said, yes, Lord. Yet 
Even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Brilliant, brilliant statement right there. And Jesus answers and says to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, now, you know, it's interesting. That wasn't exactly, you know, where he was going. It doesn't seem to begin with, you know, it seems more like uh, he's saying to her, uh, listen, I can't help you. I'm really here to help the Jews. Leave your name with the girl at the desk. We can see what we can do with you later. Right. Um, like take a number. We're, yeah. not, we're not here for that. Yeah. And, and yet we have to say that the Lord never turned anybody away who came to him out of great faith and need. And this is this is one more example of it. So the disciples have to be looking at this and, you know, saying to themselves, wow, what is going on here? Um, you know, he healed this Gentile woman. And there are other situations in the Gospels where we see that type of thing happening as well. Yeah. Well, he seems to be very focused. You read it like that, and we have this like tenor of hatred and racism and culture and all of that going on these days. And it feels like Jesus is not missional as much as he's cold. And what I think is going on is that he is focused on going to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is a Jewish Messiah coming after the Jewish people. And not that there are not one-offs, but really this is a Jewish story. It's a Jewish message. It, it is. And what would you expect the Messiah of Israel to do but ratify that covenant that was promised even in the Old Testament scriptures in Jeremiah? Jeremiah said, Behold, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Right. And so this is this is the expectation. It's, it's interesting. Um, I, I think that we have an interesting story in here as well in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 10. And probably everybody knows this as the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. This also gives us a little bit of insight into the mindset and the ministry of Yeshua. And, you know, of course, the disciples are sitting with a front row seat to all that is taking place here. But uh, if you look at Luke chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 25, it says, there was a lawyer who stood up and he put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Yeah. And, and let me just say, when he says, how do you read it? What it really is saying is, how do you say it? Because what he's going to do is he's going to recite a part of the Shema and they say it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so he what, answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Uh-huh. But he was desiring to just himself, justify himself. He says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, and he tells this story. It's, it's interesting because if, if we take a quick glance at uh, Luke chapter 16 and verse 15. Man, there's, there's stuff going on all over the place over there. There's like fire. He's, he's flipping pages. He's bumping oh, in the microphone. Well, I've got to, I've got he, to, because something hit it's, it, it, yeah, it hit me here. <laughs> he's, uh, it's not he's like it was in the rehearsal. Yeah. The, the scribe, 
the scribe says to wanting he after he gives the answer yeah. and Yeshua says do this and you'll live it, it says wanting to justify himself right. and in Luke 16 it, he said to them this is the Pharisees were you know with Yeshua at this point and he says to them you are those who justify yourselves before men but God knows your hearts he says for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So th this uh, scribe is looking to justify himself uh, by asking this question, so who is my neighbor? And then Yeshua goes on to give this story of a certain man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is a pretty treacherous road. Even, and Even today, still, yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of rocks and turns and drop-offs and no 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 i mean yes but no it's it it's famous for people getting mugged and beat yeah. up and hurt there yeah yeah, yeah. So it's not just like the land is treacherous yeah. it's a it's this past that people get hurt on and get robbed even still today yeah so he here here he is on this road here from jerusalem to jericho and he falls among thieves who stripped him wound him uh and they leave him for dead and by chance there is a priest who was coming down and he saw him and he passes over to the other side. And then there's a Levite when he arrived at the place came and he looked and he passed over to the other side also. And so these are religious leaders in Israel and they should know what to do with someone who's in need. And hey, it's yet, like, it's like the joke we told in the very beginning, right? The priest and the Baptist and then you have the Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not entirely though. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe it was connected a little bit. Yeah. Noah will take care of that. <laughs> and so uh, what, what's interesting, though, is after those two go by, a certain Samaritan goes by. And came, it says he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And this is interesting. The, Samaritan, the Samaritans uh, were not liked well by the Jews. It goes back to Babylon, yeah. right? Like, so, you know, Nebuchadnezzar releases yeah. them. They go back to Samaria right. and there's intermarriage. And, right. Right. So these are always like, you're Jews, you're not Jews. They're all, we are Jews. Yeah. And right. So yeah. like old, old, you know, yeah. fight here they, for a they while. They even had a different place to worship, not Jerusalem, but Mount Gerizim. Yes, that's right. And so, uh, you know, you have, you have this Samaritan who has compassion on him. And uh, I'll go back and, and, uh, insert that in the right place but he went to him he bandages him up he uh, pours oil and wine on the wounds and uh, he puts him on his own animal and he brings him to an inn and uh, takes care of him and then the next day gives the innkeeper uh, money and I, I think they know the story yeah, yeah. okay all right. so he asks the scribe now after having gone through all of that which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the sea the thieves you know, because that was his question, who is my neighbor? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And who showed mercy on him? It was the Samaritan who had compassion. The, the unlikely hero. Why, why would Jesus make a Samaritan the hero of the story? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because uh, what we end up, he tells the scribe, go and do likewise. And the interesting thing is, is that the rejected one is the one who saves. Okay. You got to say that again, because I, I felt like you should maybe 
drum rolled that and like little pause, <laughs> well, let it hang for a second. Yeah. But well, that's a that's a different interpretation um, or even just outcome implication of this story. Because what the Veggie Tales taught me was that I'm supposed to love everybody. This is a this uh, is a story about hospitality. Yeah, you know the the Samaritans. It, it, in as much as the Samaritans were not liked or loved by the Jews, he uses a Samaritan who was, for all intents and purposes, rejected by the Jews, and it is the rejected one who saves the one who is in need. Really kind of a type of the Messiah. He's laying out that correlation between the Samaritan, who is a rejected person, and he himself, who will be a rejected person person and it's the rejected one who saves yeah amazing story yeah it's a a weird like so he just says you go and do likewise and then next scene cut next scene right away and we're in martha's house right so yeah but I, i just wonder what the conversations are the conversations that happen amongst the disciples while jesus either walking ahead or walking behind but i don't think that they're getting this their expectation is and maybe they they watched the Veggie Tales and maybe they thought oh we should be nicer to the Samaritans, but if you're if you're watching and you're paying attention, Jesus is saying all along, the rejected one will be the one who saves. I am laying my life down, and the Jewish mindset was waiting and hoping for that Messiah, but he was not exactly who they thought he would be. No, he they didn't want the suffering Messiah, they wanted the conquering Messiah, and that's what they were looking for. And I think in this whole story, they probably walked away with the thought in their heads that, well, he really put that scribe in his place. And they missed the whole point of what he was saying, and they were looking at the victory. It's interesting. So, But, we, but what we see out of all of this uh, is that... Uh, Really, at this point in time, it seems as if the Gentiles are not the priority here. And what is really interesting is we fast forward 2,000 years later. We don't even have to go a full 2,000 years, but we, we find that the Jews are not the priority. And we will get into that more so as we actually get to Pentecost and we see some of the things that take place. Yeah, I mean, certainly the tables have turned over the last two millennia, and we'll, we're, we're going to talk about, and just to give a little tease, we're going to be talking about what, what happens over the course of uh, Jesus' ministry, but what we're going to hit next time is, what's the Jewish mindset after the, the crucifixion and the resurrection? And that's really where we cross over from that Act 1 to Act 2. Mm-hmm. Um, we are changing that that story and really become a New Testament um, story. It's that act two story. And then we're going to get into what happens on the day of Pentecost. And then where we're going to wrap this in a few weeks is that this Jewish story uh, starts to take wings and it expands. And and what is the implication of all of that? So is that a good, you know, first yeah, shot at all of it? Yeah, that's where we're heading. You all are going to have to stay tuned and be there with us because there are some tremendous things for us to learn. All right. I think that's it. I think that was great. I had fun. All right. That was good. It was good. All right. Well, we're hitting the Jewish roots of the early church, and this was the Jewish mindset during the ministry of Jesus. Join us next time. And if you missed this or any of the other ones, go to the website. What's the website? Do you know the website? Jewishroad.com. Yeah. Do you know that we have Jewishroad.org also? Yes. We do. Just in case you ever messed it up, then it would go to the same place. It's all there. Yeah. But let's not confuse it. 
It's confusing. Enough. Don't confuse me. Yeah. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can get us uh, via email, uh, shalom at the Jewish road, and that will come to us. And guess what? Even though Passover is done, we'll still come out to your church, your small group, and uh, we'll share because, you know, we turn off the microphones, but we keep talking and uh, we never stop talking, right? Yeah. We got a lot of stuff we want to share with you folks. Yeah. So uh, happy to come out to where you're at, um, grab a call. And so reach out and we'd love to talk. Uh, but until next time we speak, uh, we want to say thanks for listening and shalu shalom Yerushalayim. Yes. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 